Welcome to AAF District Forecast, the show that puts you in touch with advertising leaders, emerging talent, and industry news from across Florida and the Caribbean. Hi, Stephanie Herndon here, the new governor for AAF District 4. I took office July 1st, and in the short time since then, we've already seen successes. One of those successes is our annual leadership retreat. In August, the AAF leaders across Florida and the Caribbean came together for a weekend retreat to start off our fiscal year right and equip them to lead their clubs and district committees most effectively so they can be the best resources possible for our members. It all comes back to that for me, our members. My focus as governor this year is on the members and really making sure that AAF is delivering what they want. Over the past few years, our world has changed a lot and our industry has changed a lot. With that, I know our members' needs have changed as well. So one of my big goals this year is to optimize everything we do here at AAF District 4, always through the lens of delivering value to our membership. We've streamlined our operations and platforms to improve efficiency, which allows us to serve our members more effectively. We're building a legislative toolkit to help our members understand the legislation taking place at the state and federal levels and how it impacts our industry and our members' businesses. We're celebrating the amazing work of our members through the Angel Awards, the Hall of Fame, and of course, our signature event, the American Advertising Awards. And we're here to support our members through the triumphs and the challenges by connecting members to the resources they need to continue their successes. We're focusing on professional development at each of our conferences, so our members receive the most benefit from the time they spend with AAF. We've got so many more great things on the horizon, so keep checking aafdistrict4.org for more info about our upcoming events and resources. Go forth! So I will tell you this, I have been to numerous leadership retreats. This is probably my ninth one. Um, my thoughts over time is that we have lacked what you two gentlemen have brought this weekend. And I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious about this because when we had a leadership retreat in the Caribbean and I brought in a speaker from the Red Cross and she nailed all the points about the pain points of volunteering and having a volunteer board. And it was just like she spoke everyone's mind. And I feel like you guys hit the nail on the head today. And I just want to first have you both introduce yourselves, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and tell us a little bit about diversity of thought. So first and foremost, thank you very much uh, for the compliment. My name is David Jones. I'm the CEO of Diversity of Thought, Inc. And with me, I have my business partner here. Hi, everybody. Felix Polito. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, the Chief Technology Officer here at Diversity of Thought. Chief Technology Officer, um, and he also runs our operations that are based off of Tampa. I run operations that are based out of uh, Brevard County or the Space Coast. Um, we're national, so we have clients from Florida to Alaska today, so which is pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah, that Alaska, well, that's that's a that's a unique experience. That is a unique experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there, talk about adverse challenges. There's things that only happen in Alaska, and working with that group was very eye-opening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your uh, your Best Buy roots. Ooh, man. So I got hired into the company in a weird way because I didn't grow up in Best Buy. I did. Yeah, and, and and Best Buy is really good at promoting from within. So I was kind of an outsider that was brought in uh, on the corporate side of training and learning and development. And two weeks into it, they were like, hey, we're going to go from training one department to all the departments. Are you in? And I'm like, yeah. And they decided that we were going to expand from eight trainers to like 30. 
and we were hiring what they were calling at the time temp trainers. You remember? <laughs> and he took a swing, man. He, like he left a, a, a really good part of a good job in the company to do a temp job without guaranteeing that his role was going to be available if we went back. And they send me. They, I'm in North Carolina. And they send me five guys to train to be trainers. And I'm only like six weeks into the company. And this giant guy walks in and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, yeah, he's going to be good. I could just tell already. His presence was amazing. He would walk up to people and smile. And everybody in the room was just like, yeah, we like this guy. And anytime he asked anybody to do anything, what did they say? Yes. Yes. No, I mean, you, you do have a, you do have a way about you. And I think David hit the nail on the head there. That's, um, that comes from years of, of being self-reflective. I scared people uh, all through grade school and didn't know it. Right. Nobody wanted to actually be my friend. And I remember uh, one time uh, a girl just turned around and I spooked her and not on purpose. Like I was just existing. And she's like, you're a monster. And I go, I went home that day. I'm like, dang, I'm a monster. I'm a monster. Wow. I'm and I just made it my gamer tag. And I'm like, this is who I am. Like, and I just felt monster all weird. But is that how you got monster? That's right. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I did not know that story. Nothing like a podcast to bring us closer together. Right. And I got like sad and proud of you. Like all in this. I was just like, oh, good for you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is cool. Monster Panda. uh, No. So. No, Panda, dude, we could do Master Panda. We could. Um, Mash up my nicknames. There you go. No, I got to tell you, um, so we had this whole Animal Kingdom thing happening inside Best Buy. So if you were on our training team, you got an animal nickname. And when this guy walks in and I'm watching, he, hey, can you do this? And people are like, oh, yeah, sure. And I'm like, oh, you're Panda. And he's like, why am I Panda? And I just saw it was such a great advertising uh, campaign for, I think it's out of Turkey, for Panda Cheese. And if you ever just get a chance, Google it. It's called, you never say no to Panda and just like, and put Panda cheese. And the commercials were hysterical because they, they'd be in a grocery store and somebody would be like, hey, do you want to get some Panda cheese? And they'd be like, no thanks. And then a giant Panda suit person would come over and just kick the shopping cart, throw it down, throw everything out, and then just stare at the person and walk off. And then it says, you never say no to Panda. And I was like, <laughs> and it's a whole bunch of different ones. So I show him and he embraces it immediately. It's just like, yes, I'm Panda. And I don't mean just a little bit. There are from part time to the CEO of the company called this man Panda. It was one of the, like, I, I, I have to tell you, I take a lot of pride in rebranding a human being. Uh-huh. <laughs> this was the first time the president of the company acknowledges my name on a call and it was by Panda. <laughs> <laughs> Felix Polito did nothing well, but Panda, Panda is Panda. rocking it down there in Orlando. He knows, he knows what's happening. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, we got in a little bit of, of uh, stuff for that. It was people. Some people thought it was good, and some other people were like, "You got to, you guys got to reel this back." So, when did you start Diversity of Thought? So, November of 2019 officially, but we did nothing until June of 2020. So, I like to say 2020 instead. Okay. It was my mother and I's dream to always work together. Uh, I was a learning and development professional. She was an HR professional like my entire life. And so because the worlds play hand in hand, we have finally she had retired from her, the other companies that she was working for. And um, we, we did it. We were like, we're going to start this company. We named it Diversity of Thought, Inc. Because we tried to tie a personal connection to it. My grandmother's name was Dorothy, but everybody called her Dot or Dottie. 
And so we were like, we have to make it spell dot or dotty. And she was like, diversity of thought. I'm like, oh my God, mother, you're a genius. And a month into this, she goes, this is cool, but I'm going back to retirement because you know what? I've done, <laughs> I've worked Been there, enough. done that. And God bless her. I'm like, you know what? Go ahead. Um, but she, she, she helped out. She brought a lot to the table and really helped me get like the company going. So I, I will never, never, never uh, uh, forget her for that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. So you started in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What lessons were learned? <laughs> um, it wasn't just that it was in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, the unfortunate tragedy of George Floyd's uh, murder took place. And then in response to that, everybody and their mama was like, we need diversity and inclusion training. <laughs> and so when your company's called diversity of thought, you show up like on a lot of super searches. And we honestly just, I just started getting calls from people like, hey, we need some training. Can you do it? And I was like, yeah. And I got to tell you, we didn't have a lot built yet. There was a lot of concepts, but we didn't have a lot of it built yet. And God bless this guy right here. He was not with the company yet, but I would call him and say, listen, brother, I need some help because I am not a great designer. I got a mindset for what needs to happen, but I don't know really how to put it together. And before he got in with the company, because we had that history working together, he he never he never blinked an eye. He showed up. He helped me every chance he got. And um, we were there to help businesses in a time where they were trying to figure out how to bring people back. Um, and people were coming back with a different mindset and wanting to have different type of conversations. And we were equipped to be able to have them. One in part because we had the knowledge and the skill set. But the other in part is because this man who didn't work for the company yet was able to put it together in a way and present it that made people feel good about what they were going through. So yeah, I give Felix so much credit into who we are. It's not just when he started with the company. He's been a part of the Diversity of Thought family since the very beginning. I remember those calls where, you know, David's like, help me walk through this. And, you know, he's talking about elected officials and how to navigate those waters and ways he's, you know, come around the, the various adversities that come with the pandemic, but also just barriers that I knew kind of existed, but he confirmed it. Right. And I'm like, my God, man, you're going to be a mayor. You're going to be a governor. <laughs> and so when he asks you for a logo or a template, you build it, you know? <laughs> nice. Now, were you still living in Carolina or were you back in Florida? Um, so we were in uh, Carolina to onboard and train. Yeah. That was a, that was my oh, first business gotcha. flight. I'll never forget. A company actually paid me to get on a plane and a hotel and a car. That was, that was dope. And, uh, <laughs> and then they didn't stop. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then I was living out of a suitcase and I'm like, this needs to stop. Um, but I always lived in Orlando and I just moved to Tampa Bay. Um, and now uh, about a, what a year and three quarters now of a year. Okay. Um, and uh, it's, it's been a love affair for me and Tampa. I got to work in the Tampa Bay in Largo for about nine months, and it's just been a journey to get back there. I, I call it the promised land. Everything I want is there, and it's just nice that after like working nine years and chasing salaries to afford those crazy home prices, yeah. um, I was able to get the house, and now I'm ready to really establish myself. And I did some of that with the bank. I did some of that with the bank. Now I'm doing it with diversity of thought, and uh, I'm approaching businesses a little bit differently. Yeah. Instead of approaching with funds they need to grow their business, here's the knowledge you need to unlock the next level of your growth. Nice. Yeah. So uh, what what is it about AAF that made you, you know, want to generously, you know, donate your time for this weekend and help us uh, lead the next generation of, uh, of volunteers? Secondly, it's the mission of what AAF does. But I'm going to tell you what really, really drove me to say, hey, we're going to do this. Stephanie Herndon, the, the governor, she called me 
and said, hey, I want you to be the government relations chair and here's why. And we just had this amazing conversation and she told me her vision and I said, you know, I want to work with her because you can see that she's going to do really great things. And as we were talking more and more, she was telling me about, hey, we're going to be doing this retreat. And this is something that we've done for other nonprofit boards. But when we go in and we do leadership retreats, we try to make them different than what they've typically done in the past. We make it about the individuals. We want them to learn about themselves and then how to work together since uh, we're very honest about who we are. We're a team of volunteers who are going to get together on our spare time to try to do something very amazing and powerful. So we can't pretend that we can come up with plans like like we work together every day. We have to find ways that we can work together smarter. So what's the science behind that? Um, how do we understand our communication styles, our work styles, uh, who we are as individuals, and then how do we recognize that in others? And so when we come together, we have a, a game plan with SMART goals, and we have a responsibility matrix of how we assign with everybody, and then we move forward. And this was the conversation I had with Stephanie saying, can I please do this with this group? And she said, oh, I would absolutely love it, but I don't have the budget and I am so sorry. And I looked at her and said, I'm not asking for money. I just want the opportunity because I was taught by my mother, if you have the ability to serve, serve, but find out what, what you can offer while you serve and then do that and ask yourself, is it enhancing what your personal and professional mission is? And sometimes that means money's just not going to be involved. And I think that this group has the ability to enhance what my personal and professional mission is. And that is to, and ours as a business is to elevate humanity through business. Marketing and advertising has a huge impact on that. So we, we talked about it and um, we said, yeah, this is something that we will gladly and, and happily do with the individuals that are here. But it started with Stephanie, absolutely started with yeah. Stephanie, and then just the mission of AAF in general. So talk a little bit about um, elevating humanity through business. How did you come up with that? What are you doing to uh, make that happen? You heard the phone calls I was having with David on his first year of business. It was never about the money for him, which, you know, he's calling an entrepreneur myself. And I'm just like, all right. And <laughs> he's like, this is how it's going to be better for people. And, and, and the communities are going to grow and think about what this is going to do for the schools. And I'm like, bro, are you going to make money out of this? <laughs> like I finally got to the point and, um, I have to say like, it was never about that form. We balance each other out in that aspect where I'm looking at, you know, how can you scale and grow constantly? It's, it's an obsession of mine. And he's about the noble purpose, that core mission around what we did. And, and he had a couple slogans before that kind of it hit at what we're looking for. But we got on a call one time and uh, yeah. we're just synonyming. Yeah. And you know, I, I, when, we, when we figured out our noble purpose as a, as a business, it, it made that mission statement make sense. Yeah. And, uh, and we teach this out. Our noble, noble purpose is it's, you know, you break it down in, in four ways. Uh, what does the world need? What are you really good at? How can you act actively make the world a better place? And how do you make money off of it? And he, what I loved about him is he pushed to make sure that I was able to look at all four of those quadrants and the money never dictates which way we go, but the money is a, is a, a necessary outcome from the other three that needs to happen. And if we really want to have an impact, we need the money to be able to expand, to be, to, to get a larger reach. And so for us, we can see in different um, industries what those worlds needed from a learning and development perspective and from a leadership and development perspective. 
And then we understood what we were really good at, whether it was scaling it down to a way where small businesses can afford to do so or doing it in a large way with large entities can bring us in for like a year and work with them throughout the entire process. And we were really good at that. And then we came up with this is how we challenged them to change their world. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, they've been paying us to do so. And because they've seen the fruits of the labor as well, people don't mind paying you when you bring them skill sets and knowledge that helps them expand their business into markets, into avenues that they hadn't seen before. Sure. And so they're like, you know, hey, take the money. And we gladly say yes. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, The flip side of that is the burden of knowledge. When I was going through the ranks at Best Buy, we didn't have this formal training that you heard about temp trainers, right? I had a, there was numer- numerous positions above that got some sort of training, but it was never at the line level. So once you know better, you want to do better. And uh, that part always like kind of lived with me. I look around at all these different organizations, the different businesses. <laughs> it was weird because once we started hitting our stride at Best Buy, you wanted every place you shopped to be like that Best Buy experience, wow. yeah. be it my car, be it for a house. And it didn't exist. Like it was either, you know, commission based type of cutthroat sales. Uh, if you had an issue, the customer service was about saving their bottom line, never quite about doing what's right about the customer. And a lot of these principles just really go to the ethos of the company. Uh, you can make procedures about it, like take care of your customer. But when that ethos hits, it's at the top, man. Yeah. It's at the top. So here we are just carrying this knowledge that, you know, a mega corporation has given us and just looking at all of these small businesses. Like if you can just take some of this and the spirits there, that young entrepreneur or even that small business owner that decided, you know, I'm gonna get out of the corporate grind and start this at 40, 50 years old. They have that skill. What they're missing, right, is kind of that that blueprint, if you will, uh, that we carry with us. And just having that knowledge between my ears is enough to keep me waking up every day and looking at, all right, how can I get in front of as many people and tell them how to expand and grow their business while serving humanity? Yeah. Right. That's that key. And business is the one place that we all have to come together. Like no matter what, doesn't matter what you look like, love like, believe like, we all have to work. So it's the one spot where we all get to come together. So what better place to work on elevating humanity? And we saw this, um, you know, we, we talk about this. It's so funny, like how we how much we grew up in Best Buy. We were in a car ride. And on our way to Tennessee, so we, we just did a, a national conference there. And it's so funny. We were talking about, all right, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? And in my head, I'm like, hey, man, I really want to talk about how I still live my life by the Best Buy values, which is crazy. And before I can say it, he's like, hey, you know, I still live my life by Best Buy value. And I'm like, oh, my God, I was just about to say this. And it's true. Like, I, I can still recite those four values today. And I can tell you how I live my personal and professional life to it, because um, if you do it right, values create value for your organization. And oftentimes people just build out values to have because that's what you're supposed to have. And then you ask a person, what's your company's values? And like, I have no idea, bro. Right. Like, we don't talk about that. That was not at Best Buy. You could be a part time employee. And I promise you, by week four, you can recite those values. And then when you had your first performance review, it was how do you live up to those values? And that was from the bottom all the way to the top of the company. And it just formed this kind of yeah. way of how we operate. It was like the foundation of this. This is what keeps us centered in doing what's right for humanity. And we've just been able to take that, those, those lessons that we've learned and say, how can we scale it? Because I'm like him. I was going places and I just assumed everybody was getting this. 
I was like, yo, man, yeah, you're getting that learning and development too, right? You guys do emotional intelligence training? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were spoiled. Like, like at right. the time, and at the time, we didn't know it. But when you leave and you see what else is out there and you're like, oh, wow, we had it very good. How can we make it very good for other individuals? Sure. Kind of selfish when you put it like that now, David. <laughs> You want every experience to be as great as that was? <laughs> I, want, I want every experience for every business that we work with. Everybody deserves it. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> does. To be honest, yeah. it, it's like you deserve to have an organization that can enhance and advance humanity while being extraordinarily profitable. Yeah. I do. Um, we have a little bit of time left and I wanted to talk because it's what everyone's talking about right now, which is AI. How is it affecting your business? How is it affecting businesses that you're working with? And how do you see it affecting advertising? I'm sorry, you said a little bit of time and you break out the fifth dimension that is AI. With, with that being said, I think of AI in the same way that uh, to a, a political candidate, Andrew Yang, when he brought up AI and the threat that that was posing to future jobs and society and how it just wasn't in those circles and rings. So I got a jump on what AI was coming out with a, a lot earlier. And anybody who followed Andrew Yang and kind of like heard that got a jump on how society would shake, how some people would fight it. And um, what that in between that middle ground is, which is where all the gold, as we know, lies. What's that in between between fighting it and it letting it run free? Sure. And I think we're uh, on the more extreme side of letting it run free right now. And businesses that are leaning towards AI are reaping the benefits. If you're using AI or if you're not using AI, the, the, pro the, the, the precipice is probably the same. It's telling you how you run your business. We've always done it this way or we're always gonna do what's best for our client, our customer, our purpose, our mission. Right. I think that right there is gonna determine whether you're leaning toward or away from AI. Because if you're really about your goal and your mission, you're gonna use every tool and resource possible uh, to further that. And so, you know, between the, the clients that we work with, between ourselves, we embody what efficiencies, the, the, um, uh, the, the chat GPTs, the Leonardo's, the uh, mid journeys uh, can provide because why not have additional staff in the form of a few clicks and a few prompts and educating yourself that way. Uh, it's become so much so in our regular day to day that we're wanting to join the bandwagon of training companies on how to use AI ethically. Sure. Right. Efficiently. All the things that you would typically want from a new technology. But that next level, we don't want to just show up as another AI training. And so without releasing a little bit too much, um, I'll say uh, our AI training probably is going to be closer to a prescription than it is something off the shelf. Okay. We have to find out more about your company and uh, see where AI can take it to the next level. Nice. Yeah. Um, there's always been shifts in society that seem scary. And every time it's going to happen, they think this is it. This is going to be the one that stops everything. And, and at one point in time, everything was made by hand and it was made, you know, homegrown. And, you know, you got to make you, you sell things that are made by hand and then the industrial age hits. And all of a sudden you've got manufacturing machines that can do it. And people said, no, this is going to ruin America. We, we want this, you know, kind of homegrown handmade things. And as we've seen, it did not ruin America. It actually advanced us because we learned how to advance with it. Right. Um, things are going to be done to you or for you. 
It's the same thing with AI. Yeah. Um, I have not sent an email without running it through ChatGPT. <laughs> Seriously? ChatGPT checks and, says, and, and I'm like, hey, I know what I want to say, and this is what I'm going to say. Can you make it look any better? And sometimes the answer is yes. And sometimes the answer is no. I still like a little bit more of what I was going to say. You but, say you say seriously. I say you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I tell you, and it's, and it's and it's absolutely great. We've been finding the most creative ways to use AI because this is something else we believe we can't walk you through something if we're not also living it. Yeah. Um, and our company is heavily adopting AI as much as humanly possible. Every way that we can use AI, we are because it's not about replacing any of us. It's about allowing us to ask that question. What else can we do? Right. If we have the ability, if this is doing this for me, this is awesome. Not bad. What else can we do? And that's just a mindset that we move as an organization. We, we work through it with a growth mindset. So we take the positive approach and we want to make sure to Felix's point, we can get a real sense of who you are and how you're going to use this. And how do we build a program that helps get the humans in the right mindset of how to utilize this and then ask that question was since this is going to do this for us, what can we do? Because it shouldn't be about replacing people. It should be about enhancing and allowing people to do something else, something extra. Yeah. We're still a society, so you still need humans. You know, sure. Until the machines uprise and then, you know. Takes over. By the way, I'm very nice to my chat GPT. I say thank you and please and you're welcome and good morning. And <laughs> oh, morning. you're building up your currency? Yes, because when they, <laughs> when they rise up, they're going to be like, not that guy. David's cool. He's always been good to us. <laughs> and they're going to say, not Felix. He knows how to fix things when they're wrong. We need him to plug us back in okay. when they get All a plug. Right, <laughs> we'll survive with the robots. Y'all remember me when, uh, <laughs> you know, that time I interviewed you. That's, that's correct. John's an ally. <laughs> there's, there's too much at stake for uh, companies to rebuke uh, AI is the is the long and short of it. And so that's why we're going with a more prescriptive uh, type of approach where, you know, something generalized, it may or may not relate to you. We want, because we feel it in our company, to elevate humanity through business. You got to get those mundane things out of your way that AI can handle and for you to truly live your purpose. Every hour that David is answering a question that a chat bot can and a person is comfortable with, Right. They're talking about an email exchange. That's time that he's not spent in front of a classroom. That's time he's not spent doing phone calls here at AAF and doing uh, other things. So that's the way I'm looking at AI and enabling that technology for our company. I'm going to get a chat bot that can respond to my emails. Not all of them, David. Oh, <laughs> not all. You saw that look. I was Baby like, steps. "Oh my!" Like, David, uh, stop listening after he heard that. Yeah. He's like sitting oh. at a computer screen and sitting there. It's the bane of my existence, man. I want to be up. I want to be out doing stuff. So if you get contracts, me, right? How long did that oh contract take you? Like, oh my God. give it to the bot oh and let God. the bot fill out the contract. I don't want to do any of that. Yeah, I understand. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, gentlemen, dinner awaits. Thank Ooh. you so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. Great been, conversation. Thank you yeah, so much. Awesome. Yeah. We should do this again uh, in the next few months. Anytime. Anytime right. you want. Uh, we're, we're there. Uh, what's the website? www.doti.us so www.doti.us awesome thanks so much gentlemen thank you that wraps up this month's episode of the aaf district forecast thanks for listening and tune in next time for what's new in district four